What's cracking, big dogs? Welcome, bike, to the channel BDGE to the headquarters. My name is Nicholas. Today we're talking rookies. It's that time. It's time to dive into dynasty content. It's time to dive into the rooks. I've been watching a lot of film, a lot of featured film on these guys last week, two weeks as we start to head into NFL draft time, as we start to put our minds and focus into the dynasty and rookie draft guide that we have helping y'all not fuck up your rookie drafts helping y'all prep for startup drafts as always we will be doing tons and tons of startup drafts for you guys okay we're going to be doing big dogs dynasty startup drafts paid ones 25 50 100 250 for the primo out there for the elitists for the bi-coastal elitists out there for drinking blood today i'm coming at you with venom you'll have access to those leagues via our discord which you can get access to via our Patreon. So patreon.com forward slash BDGE, y'all can sign up. But I do want to take a quick minute to let you know that the giveaway we're doing, bringing one of y'all out to NY. NYC, you're going to stay at the headquarters for a night, two nights. I don't really know the logistics behind it. Thanks to Monkey Knife Fight. The giveaway ends as soon as the final down is played in the Super Bowl. The giveaway ends. Someone's going to win a round trip free, expenses paid flight out to NYC. Someone's going to win a spot in a redraft league with myself and the BDGE team members. Someone's going to win a spot in one of the BDGE startup dynasty leagues. We got a whole bunch of giveaways going on. Literally, all you got to do is go to monkeyknifefight.com, deposit $10 using the promo code BDGE when you deposit and play some games on there. Send me the screenshots of the player prop games that you'll be playing on the Super Bowl. Do it before the Super Bowl kicks off and you will automatically be entered into the giveaway. MonkeyKnifeFight.com. When you deposit 10, use the promo code BDGE. They're going to match that. They're going to give you $20 to play with. Go play some games on there. Top five rookie running backs. My personal rankings right now. Tuck your shirt in. Stop yelling and let's eat. All right, so a couple notes before we actually kick this thing off that I want to say. One, we're not going to have an NFL combine this year, which means all the numbers that we have metrics-wise, athletics-wise, have to come from a pro day. What I love Matt Kelly for doing over at Player Profiler is that if they don't run at the pro day, or if they don't run at the NFL combine, he tacks on .05 to their 40-yard dash time. So if he runs a 4.65, he's actually going to have a 4.70 officially on the website. I think that's a fair thing to do. I know a lot of people are like, oh, we ran this in the pro day. We ran this in his fucking high school team. Like, that shit doesn't matter. If all else is not equal, if things are not equal, I think it is best practice to add something onto it. Some teams are going to run in different weather. Some teams are going to run at different times. Other players are going to have a couple extra weeks to prepare for it because the pro days are different days. So when you get everybody at the combine, you get everybody in the exact same place at the exact same time, the exact same weather, under the exact same conditions. I think it's okay to use the same score. But when you start putting shit everywhere, giving different people different experiences, I think it makes sense to adjust the score. So just a note there, combine is not happening. We'll have to go off of pro day numbers, and I'll try to keep you all up to date as we do these videos when the biggest pro days are going to be coming out. The other thing to note with these running backs, these are going to be my top five rookie running backs right now. I have not scouted everyone. I've watched film on probably like 10 running backs at the moment. And what I try to do is take like the consensus top 10 that I've seen kind of all around the internet from people that I respect. And, you know, if I take the consensus top 10, I'll probably find the top five guys within there, unless there's like a random like 12th or 15th ranked running back that I end up liking in the top five. That's just a note. And these are going to be very flowy throughout the preseason, throughout the offseason. These are my very initial rankings. Things are going to change based on different reports, based on the pro day reports, based on draft capital reports and things like that. And especially just where they land draft capital wise, obviously a lot 
to change here. One thing that's probably not going to change is our number one ranked running back, and that's Najee Harris out of Alabama. If he wasn't the RB1 going into the season, it was only because people like myself were enamored with Travis Etienne. Now, Najee Harris, man, Najee Harris, for those of y'all that don't know who Najee Harris is, time to wake the fuck up. 6'2", 230 pounds. 6'2", 230 pounds. But he is nimble, man. He is athletic, and that is an official size. That is an official weigh-in from the Senior Bowl. He's played four years at Alabama, and he jumps over ETN, not because ETN really fell off. I mean, he did have a little bit of a down year in terms of his numbers and what we might have expected. I don't even know why he came by, but it was because Najee Harris balled the fuck out. He won the Doak Walker Award, the top running back in the country. He led the SEC in rushing attempts, rushing yards, yards from scrimmage, almost like 1,900 yards from scrimmage, rushing touchdowns for the second straight year. He had 26 rushing touchdowns this year. If we remember back to 2015, Derrick Henry, another thick Bama running back, led the SEC with 28 rushing touchdowns. Najee Harris had 30 overall touchdowns this year. This dude is a fucking Mack truck. He's not quite Derrick Henry size at 6'2", 230, but he's probably the next biggest thing in both a physical and a metaphorical point of view, okay? So Najee Harris, while he has that size, he's also very athletic and he's very, very nimble. He's a dude who can break through the first line. Of the, he, he, he craves hurdling dudes like Eddie Lacy craves Chinese food. And I do think by the time the pro day comes around for Alabama, we'll see him drop a little bit of weight, maybe from 230 down to 226-ish, 224-ish, so that he can run a little bit of a faster time. But this dude probably going to be the first running back drafted this year. He's built more like an athletic back than just a really big back overall. And when you look at his profile, everything about it, there's nothing that stands out in a negative way. He checks almost every box as like an elite top tier running back. And from a fantasy perspective, what's most important is is his ability to catch the ball. He's an absolute asset when it comes to the receiving game. He's not just one of those guys where you're like, oh, he can catch the ball. He can physically catch. He's someone who should earn targets at the next level. Statistically, when you look at what he did in the receiving game, his junior year, 27 catches for 304 yards, 11.3 yards per reception. That's volume, productiveness, explosiveness, 11.3 yards per reception, seven receiving touchdowns his junior year. What does he do? He builds on it the next year. People were kind of doubting his receiving skills. 27 is more than enough for me to see in a college season if you have 20 a 27 catch season on your resume I'm good I'm good right there you don't really need to show me much else to show me that you can be an asset in the receiving game at the next level but what does he do he comes bike for his senior year packed it on with another 43 receptions 425 receiving yards four more receiving touchdowns 9.9 yards per reception so hovering at that 10 yards per reception mark he adds four receiving touchdowns to his 26 rushing touchdowns realistically the only downside you're going to hear about Najee Harris and this won't relate to a lot of people in redraft so if you're here for like season long stuff and you don't play much dynasty it's literally his age that's it and it's valuing Najee Harris to these other non-rookie running backs when you're talking about trades being that he stayed and played all four years at Alabama he's going to turn 23 in March he'll be like 23 and a half by the time the NFL season actually kicks off so he's older than a lot of running back prospects that came out last year including Jonathan Taylor DeAndre Swift J.K. Dobbins Antonio Gibson Cam Akers Clyde Edwards Hilaire James Robinson A.J. Dillon he is older than every one of them he's also barely younger than some of the guys Josh Jacobs Miles Sanders David Montgomery Ronald Jones that came out two years ago Ronald Jones somehow has been in the league for like six years and he's still like 22 years old so depending on how much stock you personally put into that I know a lot of people for whatever reason they like to use the workload argument against Jonathan Taylor coming out which was a stupid argument I'd rather have seen somebody do it and be successful on a big workload than the opposite because a lot of the times when you see running back who have a very high production rate on a very limited sample size in college it tends not to work out over the long run Najee Harris is a little bit older but it doesn't mean he's got the wear and tear of Jonathan Taylor if that is one of your concerns Taylor had almost a thousand college touches in three years Najee Harris had 
700 over four years. And he's obviously had to earn his keep while he's been at Bama, right? He's sharing a backfield with Damian Harris and a third round pick. Josh Jacobs, a first round pick. Bo Scarbo, another NFL player during his freshman year as a freshman. Not very easy to surpass anybody while you're a freshman in that Bama backfield. You got Jalen Hurts taking 154 carries when he was a quarterback there. So he had to wait for some of those guys to have their turn, get to the NFL. And then he took over for the final two years at Bama. And the dude runs with violence. He runs with patience. He has great fucking vision. According to Sports Info Solutions, 29.7% broken tackle rate. 29.7% broken tackle rate ranks fifth among 113 qualified running backs in the NCAA. He has everything you need to be a really good three down all around back on Sundays. Some of the comps that have been floated around, Matt Forte, I think DeMarco Murray makes a lot of sense. Le'Veon Bell, I think he's a little bit more violent than Le'Veon Bell, but he's got the, the patience and he's got that three down skill set. So those are the guys I'm thinking about. I'm thinking, I'm thinking like a guy who can truck somebody, but also make a guy miss, but catch the ball used in the screen game. As for where he'll go in the draft, um, I think there's a chance that he ends up slipping into the back end of the first round. I think there is a team that might be able, you know, if you want to get weird and talk about like the Bills or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or something, who's in like the late 20s, early 30s. I think the, the latest he'll last is early to mid second round. He'll be off the board by then, though. Next up, as previously mentioned, we've got Travis Etienne out of Clemson, 5'10", 205 pounds. So a guy who's a little bit smaller in stature. And this is kind of the one concern for a guy like Travis Etienne. So if Harris isn't everybody's number one in the class, it's going to be Travis Etienne. I'm going to read this each year in the Big Dogs Dynasty Rookie draft guide which will be on pre-order sale within the next week to two weeks hopefully i'll let y'all know we do an article where we highlight the top five rookie running backs for the next year so last year we wrote it for the 2021 class and in this from travis Etienne, this is quote unquote from that article last year the declaration heard around the world and i'm not talking about the independence what i'm talking about is way more important to the people of america and that declaration was travis Etienne's declaration to return to Clemson for his senior year after bike-to-bike monster campaigns in 2018 and 2019 for the Clemson Tigers. It was an earthquake-sized shock for the dynasty world as a consensus top five rookie pick suddenly vanished like into the college pool. ETN returning for another year lets me know for certain one thing and one thing only that Clemson sorority girls give elite top there was no other explanation I don't know if I would say that Travis Etienne hurt his draft stock but for the most part his numbers were were far lower on the rushing side of things in 2020 compared to what he did in 2018 and 2019 his receiving numbers were wild though and I'm pretty sure that is what he actually wanted I I think that's why he returned to school I think he wanted to return uh, to improve in the receiving game I heard I heard a couple quotes from when he first came into college that he actually was not a comfortable receiver like he didn't feel good about catching the ball in open space and and playing that three down role which is weird for someone as athletic as Travis Etienne is. So with Etienne, he wanted to return. He wanted to get better in that asset of the game. And man, did he fucking do it. On the rushing side, his yards per carry dropped from 5.6 or dropped to 5.6 down from 7.0. Clemson lost a lot of talent across the offensive line, which is obviously going to hurt him a little bit. You had four Clemson Tiger starters move to the NFL on the offensive line. In terms of yards before contact, this is from Pro Football Focus, PFL. Etienne saw just 1.8 yards before contact, which was below the NCAA average, which is crazy for a program like Clemson this season compared to 2.8 in 2019 and 3.8 in 2018. So a lot more work to be done on the rushing side of things for Travis Etienne this year as compared to the previous years and that was probably what led to the dip off in rushing production the receiving side of things though I mean he was great in his junior year when you talk about the third down work and and catching the ball 37 receptions for 432 yards big number in college he returns he catches 48 passes so he catches 11 more passes 588 receiving yards, 12.3 yards per reception in his final year the concern with a guy like Travis Etienne I think he's a baller I think he's awesome I think he has a possibility of being the next 
Alvin Kamara or even Dalvin Cook, dare I say. The concern with Travis Etienne is, is not necessarily his size, but it's how NFL coaches view his size. That could be the problem. Listen to what I'm saying. Don't just hear it. Listen to it. If a guy like Alvin Kamara is not in Sean Payton's offense, do we have Alvin Kamara as the household name that we know him as right now? I'm hesitant to say that's the case. Maybe, maybe not. He's in a different offense, not used the same way he's used in New Orleans. Man, this shit could get weird. We've seen plenty of guys succeed at Travis Etienne's size. I hope he bulks up just a little bit because it's usually those guys like, you know, even the Alvin Kamaras and Dalvin Cooks, while they're like smaller in stature in a sense, they're still between that 210 to 215 pound range where Etienne's down at like 205-ish. But we've seen guys like Aaron Jones, who I think is another, you know, reasonable comp in a sense for, for Travis Etienne, who's extremely explosive who's great on the in the run game he's great in the passing game and can hit that home run on any play he's shifty he's explosive he's great on the goal line etn i think is a guy who's gonna get a lot of a lot of love from nfl scouts probably go high in the draft i don't see him falling much further down from Najee harris i actually i actually personally wouldn't be surprised i would be surprised if Najee harris wasn't the first running back off the board but it wouldn't be like shocking i wouldn't be i wouldn't be shocked if Travis Etienne ended up getting drafted before Najee Harris. I think the best comp for a guy like Travis Etienne would probably be like an Aaron Jones or a Kamara who very, very good on third downs and very, very explosive and shifty. All right. So next up we have Javante Williams. Javante Williams. Is it Javante? Javante. Gefilka fish? Gefilka fish? Gefilka fish. Javante Williams out of UNC. He's going to be a fun one this year, man. He is going to be a fun, hot debate topic for a lot of people. He came into UNC. He came into North Carolina at 195 pounds. He is currently thick. He's up to 220 pounds, so he's got that workhorse build. Now, you're going to go ahead and watch his 2020 film and see an absolute baller. You're going to look at his numbers this year. You're going to see 157 carries, 1,140 rushing yards, 19 rushing touchdowns, 25 catches, 305 yards, two receiving touchdowns. So you're looking at good rushing production. You're looking at high touchdowns down numbers work in the receiving game which you love to see only 11 games he did all that in statistics are there you start looking at the advanced analytics and your jaw is about to slap the floor talking about broken tackle rate so just you know pure elusiveness and this is per sports info solutions among 113 qualified ncaa running backs javante williams led the nation 46 and a half percent broken tackle rate that is a ridiculously high number first in the ncaa perspective you have Najee harris down at fifth at 29.7 percent travis Etienne 24th which is still you know in the top quarter percentile at 23.8 percent so still 23 percent lower in the broken tackle rate department yards after contact per attempt williams 4.6 which ranked second in the ncaa among 113 qualified running backs here's what i'll say about javante williams man i think he has just as good of a chance to be a stud at the next level as he does to be this year's zach moss or two years ago's David Montgomery. Now, I know David Montgomery. David Montgomery is going to be another very polarizing player to talk about in fantasy this year because we do have a year and a half sample size where he wasn't very good. He was completely average back that didn't really bring anything besides a Florida fantasy. In the last four or five, six weeks of the fantasy season, he was a legit league winner, but playing against really, really shitty, shitty opponents. Like, where does the truth lie? And I think we're going to get a lot of that with Javante Williams. There are going to be people that watch his film and they say, oh shit, like I like him. He's my RB1. There will be people out there that put Javante Williams as the RB1. There will be people out there that look at Javante Williams and see that, that Michael Carter, his backfield mate, produced at a higher level than he did and just because someone is elusive with that broken tackle rate again we saw it with Zach Moss last year his college numbers this is a guy that like PFF is gonna love because if you're elusive they're like you're like automatically their number one ranked running back and we've seen it back-to-back years we've Zach Moss David Montgomery I think he kind of fits in this mold you watch the film and these guys do everything you want he could break tackles he has the requisite size but for some reason just it doesn't always translate to the NFL field 
The other thing to note is like he played in the ACC and someone on Twitter randomly sent me this chart just looking at the, the defenses that he played against. And this was, you know, one of my concerns with a guy who just has a really high elusive rating and plays in the ACC is like the games against the top ranked running backs or the games against the top ranked defenses versus actual good defenses are huge, huge splits here. He did almost all of his damages against shit defenses. And you can't write him off because he played in the AC, ACC because obviously Travis Etienne did that too. But I think it's something to note. I also think it's, it's interesting to note that he does use his side, like he runs with his size he uses his size to his advantage with the 220 pounds which is interesting because when you come into college at 195 pounds you're probably used to being a small it's like it's like uh basketball players who were point guards all the way up until you know they just hit a random growth spurt and then they have to become power forwards or centers those guys are so used to dribbling the ball they like taking the ball up they like shooting it's why you see so many fucking six foot ten guys in the nba shooting three pointers all the time because they probably grew up as like six two guys and they were handling the ball a lot they shoot a lot like that that's what i would expect to see from jamonte williams so Someone who likes to be a little bit more shifty than he does to use his power, but he's a guy you cannot take down by his legs. Good short burst for his size. Uh, he's definitely a good pass catcher. And the thing that sets him apart from other guys, as I mentioned in the opposite direction for Najee Harris, he's only 20 years old right now. Only 20 years old. You look at Zach Moss coming out last year, he was older. He's 23 right now. Keyshawn Vaughn is 24 years old. Javante Williams, 20 years old. So that's a huge positive in his fucking ledger. My overall take is this. I, I do think he's a very good all-around running back. Without a doubt, deserves to be in everybody's top five rookie running back rankings. Probably, I mean, he's my three right now. I think the closer we get to actual rookie drafts for dynasty people I think he's going to start going higher and higher and higher I think he's going to end up being like a top five. in one quarterback leagues he'll probably end up being a top five pick Najee Harris and the Travis Etienne's and the Jamar Chase's Devontae Smith and then after that there will be the Rashad Bateman debates there will be the Jalen Waddle debates there will be those kind of guys but I think Jav- Javante Williams is going to be right there and in the different class like last year had Javante Williams been in last year's class he would have been probably the RB like six or seven behind those top guys it would it still would have been Taylor CEH Swift Dobbins Akers I think he probably would have been in the argument where like Antonio Gibson was going. So just to give you a little bit of a a view of how I view him respective of last year's rookie class, that's where he would be. He would not be up with those other guys at this point. I do think it's Najee Harris. I do think it's Travis Etienne. I think Harris is in his own tier. I think Etienne is in a tier above Javante Williams, but I could see a lot of people making the case for it. And if you just look at the film, this this is a guy where he brings it on film. He does bring it on film. He has a lot of good, nice highlight plays, but I think he can be inconsistent at times. And I think that's gonna lead to everybody getting a little bit bored and everybody get, wanting running backs on their team and kind of pushing him up a little bit higher. I do see him similar to Zach Moss. I, th- I see him as like a leaner, more shifty or more athletic type Zach Moss. I think he fits in that like James Conner, Mark Ingram, role-ish where he could be a very good two down back he could be the goal line back so he can have very productive fantasy seasons without a doubt where he comes off as an RB1 and in the right situation he could be a pass catcher right like James Conner ended up catching 55 60 passes one year but he's not a great pass catcher you know what I'm saying like you could put up great numbers and not be a great pass catcher so I think he fits more in that mold than he does some of the ridiculous comps that I've, I've seen thrown around Twitter so he's going to be my RB3 now once you hit RB4, it's it's fucking it's there for the taking for anybody. This this class kind of you know there's there's a couple good backs at the top, and then in terms of like tier breaks, it's all hell all hell breaks loose. A lot of people are gonna talk about the Kenny Gainwells and the Trey Sermons and maybe the Chuba Hubbards and and those type of guys. But my number four running back right now. Ramondre Stevenson out of Oklahoma. He is a fucking beast. Najee Harris, 6'2", 230. Ramondre Stevenson, six foot, 227 pounds. Reese's Senior Bowl official. He's also a little bit old. He's 23 years old. He played all four years of college ball, but he also took a year off after high school before he played college ball. There's a lot of context to put behind this kid. A lot of people probably haven't heard of him. There, He's not like a big time 
elite prospect right now. He'll continue to gain more and more hype as the draft process goes forward. So basically, he broke his foot his senior year. Like very early on in his senior year of high school, he broke his foot, which led to him missing that year, which led to all the college offers dropping off the table for him. He was trying to figure out his life and get his shit together. So he didn't have the offers. He broke his foot. He took a year off of college because of that. And the only places that he can go play after taking a year off and having a year of a broken foot. So you're talking about like two years removed from his best year were offers to a junior college. Now his profile, I want to give you context because his profile is definitely littered with red flags. And I think it's really important to get that. We don't follow these guys for the most part. I'm not a Debbie guy, so I'm not following their entire college career and not going to be able to kind of tell you off the rip. So I do a lot of research when I want to get context behind guys I like. So he's a Juco transfer from this college, Cerritos College in California. He played there for two years before transferring to Oklahoma. He went nuts at junior college, as, as you fucking should if you're an NFL draft prospect. Rushed for over 2,000 yards, 16 touchdowns at his final year at that college. So he gets his shot at Oklahoma. And he's sharing a backfield with Kennedy Brooks, who's a kid who rushed for a thousand yards in both his freshman season and his sophomore season. So you're talking about a real NFL prospect, along with Trey Sermon, who transferred over to Ohio State. So he transferred to Oklahoma and he's sharing the backfield with two NFL prospects already, along with Jalen Hurts, who took a bunch of carries in 2019. So he didn't get a he didn't get a ton of work in his first year there, only 64 carries, but he averaged eight yards per carry on those 64 carries. He then got suspended at the end of that year for a failed drug test, marijuana before the Peach Bowl. So he missed that game as well as five games going into the 2020 season and then he comes back with a vengeance final six games of the year so he plays in six games after serving the five game suspension in six games 101 carries 665 yards on the ground 6.6 yards per carry seven touchdowns catches 18 passes for 211 yards very involved immediately becomes a workhorse once he gets off that he finishes his Oklahoma career 1180 rushing yards and 13 touchdowns on just 165 carries 7.2 yards per carry let's look at the analytics fifth highest elusive rating per PFF among 96 qualified running backs in 2020 his broken tackle rate per sports info solutions 33.7 percent third in the NCAA remember Javante Williams number one Ramondre Stevenson, number three. His yards after contact per attempt, 3.9, seventh in the NCAA. So that 18 reception number is big for me because remember, he only played in six games. So you're talking about three receptions per game. So you're talking about a guy that's 230 pounds, really big, very good on early downs. Remember, 7.2 yards per carry, but can also catch the ball. Three receptions per game, 18 receptions. There's a lot of running backs that are NFL draft prospect profile guys that don't catch 18 passes in a season, let alone a six-game season. So dudes that can move like this, third highest elusive rating per Sports Info Solutions, with his size, can catch passes. They not only have my attention, but they got my big-ass brain's attention, both upstairs and downstairs. Now, the failed drug test could be a negative in some teams' eyes, which can cause him to drop pretty significantly in the draft boards, but I think NFL teams are kind of, you know, they're over that shit. It's literally like state laws are being changed so that marijuana is, like, no longer illegal. So I don't think NFL teams are really going to dock him for that. Stevenson is a guy that I think has the potential for his draft capital to rise as much if not more than any running back in this class right now rumor has him running like a four you know mid four fives which at his size at 230 pounds would give him a really 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 high speed score and again you you give a guy with a speed score that high that can also catch the ball I'm in the limited sample size is obviously a red flag, but I think he's one of the most the best value picks right now in rookie drafts, and I'm going to have him ranked really high as long as this draft process goes smoothly for him. I think if he runs really well, if he does really well as pro day, I think we could see him bump up anywhere to the late second round all the way down to probably like the fourth or fifth round, which could be a problem. At that point, if he's like, you know, fifth round pick, he's more just like a, a high upside pipe dream that we're not going nuts for. I would love, I would love to see him go to the Falcons where we just added Arthur Smith and use him as our Derrick Henry. That would be a a beautiful landing spot. So Ramondre Stevenson, go watch some tape, go watch some film. And this is from uh, my boy at Noah Moore Parties on Twitter. 
Really, really good Dynasty Debbie follow when it comes to running back draft prospects, so go give him a follow. He says, and here's every running back drafted since 2005 to enter the league at at least 230 pounds while posting a receiving chop score and rushing efficiency above 50 plus Ramondre Stevenson, sorted by rushing efficiency score. The list of guys on this list that meet those criteria, Ramondre Stevenson, Ronnie Brown, Nate, whoever the fuck that is, Jeremy Hill, Eddie Lacy, Le'Veon Bell, Leonard Fournette, Mikel LaShore, and Tony Hunt. So there's a lot of big hits on there. I would say more than half of those, you know, Ronnie Brown, Jeremy Hill, Eddie Lacy, Le'Veon Bell, Leonard Fournette, even Mikel LaShore had a little bit of spotlight. Remember that one game he ran for like three touchdowns? That shit was crazy. So he's in pretty good company, given his size, his speed, his receiving scores, man. I really like Ramondre Stevenson as my number four. The number five running back on my list will be brought to you by My Beautiful Skin, which is brought to you by geology i fucking love geology i know y'all are not here to talk about skincare but listen it's 2020 it's okay to take care 2020 we taking care of ourselves 2021 no i lied 2020 we definitely weren't taking care of ourselves 2021 we taking care of ourselves fellas it's okay to wash your face it's okay to have nice skin it's okay to not age you know what happens between the ages 22 and 30 you age like your shit isn't fast forward it's gross because you're still drinking you're still eating shitty because you think you're young but you're not you're not. You get old really fucking quickly. Your skin starts to look disgusting. And before you know it, you're 22 going on 45. You know, the way to combat that is cleaning yourself, cleaning your face. I didn't know shit about skincare. Like I literally didn't know a, a damn thing about skincare. And then geology kind of popped up into my feed. I had been using them way prior to them jumping into the videos with me, which is what makes this partnership fucking awesome. Geology is basically like for dudes that don't know anything about skincare. They make it wildly, wildly easy. I promise if you start now, you will be really, really happy that you did. So geology does is basically you go on there, you take a quick quiz it basically asks about your skin color and like the type of irritation that you get and what you're looking for in terms of goal like i want to reduce wrinkles i want to reduce dry skin i want to reduce whatever the fuck it is for your personalized skin you take a quick quiz it takes like two minutes and then it gives you a sample pack it tells you a sample pack like we're going to ship this to you this is going to be a month trial and it's really easy it takes like five minutes and and when you do the month trial, you're going to fucking love it, but try it out first. And when you do so, it's really cheap already. I want to say it's like $23 for the entire month. And when you use a promo code BIGDOG30, you're going to get 30% off. B-I-G-D-O-G-30. Geology, okay? I will link it down below. I will link it in the show notes. I will link it on the top of the comment section. It's G-O, geology. Oh, that's nice and crispy. Wash your face. You put a little bit of moisturizer on it. That's all you got to do. If you wash your face, you're, you're ahead of the game. 99% of dudes out there in America and wherever in the world don't even wash their face, okay? You're so far ahead. Just get the oils off your face. You're going to be feeling way better about yourself. You're going to be looking a lot younger, a lot sprier, a lot more energetic. We're all about fucking energy over here. And that's what geology brings to the table. Go check out geology. Go take the quiz real quick and use Big Dog 30 for 30% off your first month's trial. Let's move on to running back five. Now, man, I don't even know who to put as my running back five, to be honest with you. Again, I mean, there's the Kenny Gainwells. There's the Trey Sermons. There's the Chuba Hubbards. I like, I like Michael Carter a lot, Javante Williams' teammate, UNC. But my number five for right now is this kid, Jermar Jefferson from Oregon State. 5'10", 217 pounds. So he's got that perfect size for an NFL running back to be able to handle, you know, 16 to 20 touches on the rip. He is the co-Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Year in 2020. Now, I think there are pros and cons for Jefferson. Now, he is my number five in a class that's not particularly really strong at the running back position. So, of course, there are going to be some red flags. There are going to be some cons to him, but there's a lot of good, right? Again, he's got the size, 5'10", 217 pounds, huge college dominator rating in the 80th percentile, went crazy and broke out as a true freshman, over 1,500 yards and 12 touchdowns, fell off his sophomore year, but he had a big 2020, big 
big 2020 bounce bike in just six games. 925 yards from scrimmage and seven touchdowns in just six games this year. He is an absolute big play waiting to happen. He was like routinely ripping off 40-plus yard runs. I'm really, really curious to see what he does uh, at his pro day and what he does in terms of running the 40-yard dash. If he can run with legit NFL like top end speed, you know, low four forties to mid four low four fours to mid four fours, I will like him a lot, lot more as a prospect for a few reasons because it seemed like every run he had was either forty yards or four yards or fewer. Like no in between. I also don't think he's very elusive just on like a make guys miss like shifty agile kind of thing when you watch the film you're gonna be like oh he is lateral and he is shifty but it's not really effective like he doesn't make guys miss with him moving side to side he's also like legitimately the least powerful back i've ever seen at 220 pounds like you'll see a few highlight plays on twitter being like he's so tough like he's so big like look at this one time he ran a guy over and went for three extra yards on this broken tackle like for the most part though consistently he is very not powerful why i'm enamored with the 40 yard dash because if his speed only looks good because he's playing against pac 12 and they're only playing against bad defenses and his offensive line which is opening up massive holes it might be a problem at the nfl level if he can't actually make guys miss and he's not elusive but he's if he's got legit speed i'd like him a lot more and again like when i do these rookie write-ups and rookie analysis and watch the film i'll tell you oh I don't think Jamar Jefferson is that elusive. And then you'll go on Twitter and see 10 guys who are like, Jamar Jefferson, so good, so elusive, whatever. So these are all subjective film takes. So what I want to do is I want to dive into the numbers. So I went to Sports Info Solution to look at his broken tackle rate, to look at his elusiveness. Again, 114 qualified running backs with 100 or more carries in the NCAA this year. For perspective, again, Javante Williams up at number one, 46.5% broken tackle rate. Ramondre Stevenson, number three, 33.7%. Trey Sermon, number five, 30.2%. Najee Harris at number 10. Michael Carter at number 17, Etienne at number 22. Took me a hot minute to find Jamar Jefferson. Ranks 108th out of 114 qualified running backs with a broken tackle rate of 9.8%. So he's on the college level, breaking a tackle once every 10 carries. It's not great, fellas. It's not great. Now, while I do think he's better than that 9.8% broken tackle rate, it's probably a weakness in his game, which again can be overlooked if he has real speed to combine with that body size. Now, as far as receiving goes, I'm a little bit torn here because he caught 25 balls as a freshman, which should typically be all you need to know, all you need to see, but it was 5.9 yards per reception. Now, I'm not going to like pick apart every rookie and be like, this number looks off, but this number looks off and blah, 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 blah. But 5.9 yards per reception, like that's awful. When you have the volume of 25 catches is good, but it can pretty much be explained by the fact that all these were just very, very short dump offs, which lead to a 5.9 yards per reception number, which is why I get more excited with rookie running backs or these prospects when their yards per reception is a higher number. That means you're making plays in the passing game. You're either making guys miss or you're actually being targeted downfield, which it doesn't seem to be the case. So we have that big volume number his freshman year. And then the next two years, he, he does almost nothing this year he starts off on fire week one he catches five passes for 50 yards over their final five games Oregon State's final five games he catches a total of four passes for 17 yards over his last two years at Oregon State he plays in a combined 15 games he catches 18 passes for 152 yards that is not good for the passing so I'm more leaning on the on the side of him not being great in the passing game maybe he can contribute if he's targeted a lot but I don't think he's somebody who's going to earn targets at the next level so you're looking at a guy who's not very elusive who might need to be better in the passing game in order to actually be a three down guy but he's got the three down size and he might have legit breakaway speed because a guy that's 220 pounds that could break these 40 60 80 yard runs like he was doing routinely in college has to get your attention okay so I'm putting him up at number five right now but it is very very close behind him I think you could probably mix in a carousel of like a thousand other dudes that is my very very early early look at uh, my top five rookie running backs 
for the 2021 NFL draft class. Let me know who y'all like. Let me know who I left off. Do not fucking write Chuba Hubbard's name on there because he is not a top five running back in this class. That guy stinks. He's the worst running back to run for 2,000 yards since fucking Darrell Henderson. I didn't like him coming out of college either. Again, go check out Geology for your skincare, people. Go take care of yourselves 2021. We doing it, fellas. Geology, use promo code BIGDOG30 once you take the quiz on there. Monkey Knife Fight, the giveaway ends Sunday. Soon as kickoff hits on Super Bowl Sunday, you miss your chance to come hang out at NYC with your mans. That was it. You got your chance for the next five, six days, and then you blew it. MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Posit 10 bucks and use the promo code BDGE when you do so. It's going to give you 20 to play with. Go throw some down on the uh, Super Bowl prop games and send me screenshots of it. I love y'all. I'm out. Hit the thumbs up if you enjoyed. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. I'll see you tomorrow on Fade the Public. All right, podcast listeners, kicking flavor in your ear. Thank you for uh, sticking around and, and staying this long. If you enjoyed, if you got some informational value from it, if you were entertained for whatever reason, make sure you drop a rating and review. And if you do so, I will feature you on next week's podcast. All love. Till next time. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.